London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to London Property, the home of Super Prime. I'm your host, Farnas Fazaipo, and today we're in conversation with Gary Barlow, who is a chartered surveyor and a Prince2 qualified project manager. Welcome to our show. My Farnas, thank you for having me. So Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what it is that you do. Okay, so I'm a project manager, chartered building surveyor. I work for Levy Real Estate. I'm a partner in the firm. I've been with them for about 12 years now. Uh, the firm is a multidisciplinary practice. We uh, run out of Piccadilly in, in central London. Um, our firm is central London biased. Um, we run projects and so on th- throughout central London. So Gary, what services do you offer? We help clients with all aspects of their projects, all the way through from inception to completion. So um, when they're looking for the building, we help them. Um, obviously, you're on your side of things, you're helping them find the building. Um, we then help them with the pre-acquisition due diligence surveys, tell them what that building needs um, and so on. And we can we can tailor that report and that service to suit their needs. So if they're going to strip the building out to do a, uh, a full refurbishment, they obviously don't need to know every nut and bolt and little issue that's going on with that building. But if they're buying it to uh, as a turnkey property, then obviously they do. So we tailor, tailor our reports to, to suit the, their needs, really. Then moving on from there, if they are buying the building to, to develop and to, to run a project, we can, um, we can help them find an architect, find a team, get the contracts together um, and, and really start the, uh, the, the ball rolling there. So someone could use your services really at, at, at any stage of that process. So they could have found the building. Could you find the buildings too? We, we as our team do not find the buildings uh, in, in terms of residential, but our, t- our firm is agency-based, so we can find industrial, retail, office space for them, absolutely. Uh, we acquire land and investments uh, opportunities for clients. So uh, really from the foundation up, they can come to you and you can get involved uh, with a client at a- any stage of that project. So we've already discussed that they could come to you and just have a survey done so that they know when they're preparing for a bid, for example what are the things that they need to take into consideration. Absolutely. And as part of that, we can run into budget costs. So if we're looking at new roofs or air conditionings or whatever it might be, we can put budget costs for that so they can factor that into their bids. And then if they are not planning to refurbish and they're buying land or they're buying something that they can knock down, it's still wise to engage your services early on? Um, I'd say it's always best to get us involved as early as possible. Um, if we are involved at the early stages, we know what you want to do with that property. We can advise the level of survey that you require. It may be us. If you're buying land, you may want land surveys and environmental surveys and so on. That wouldn't be us. We'd subcontract that out and um, we can do that for you. We can put you in touch with the right partners uh, and, and talk you through that process. So if you're buying in central London and you're buying, a, let's say, a residential property, for example, um, we can help you with that. Um, we tailor our surveys to suit what you need. So if you need a full building survey with mechanical, with lift consultants, environmental and so on, we can do all of that. If you're just buying a property and you want uh, an overview, so a survey light as it were, then absolutely we can pick that up as well. And, and we, can, we speak with you before the survey so we know exactly what you want. Um, and then we'll give you a bit of feedback and a and, you know, phone call or a meeting afterwards just to, to run through the survey report and, and make sure you get the right information. So at London Property, we obviously speak to lots of different experts. And when it comes to uh, managing a build project, sometimes we get told by the interior designers, bring us in first. 
because then we can tell you where everything needs to go so that you can tell the interior architect that's what needs to happen. And then a build uh, project manager will say, bring us in first. And I can understand that there will be different uh, approaches to a project, but from where you're sitting, and apart from the fact that obviously it is what you do, (laughs) but do you actually think, you know, in, in order of priority, if a novice is looking at this, you know, does it start with the building survey? Yes. Yes. Um, it doesn't start with the interior designer because <laughs> you've got to build what, what's there first. I think you, you, we need to get us involved in as early as possible. Everybody wants to be as involved as early as possible because the more information you get, the more time you've got, the better the project's going to run, the less risk you're going to have um, and, and, and the better it's going to be when you get it to site. Now, in terms of building surveyor, we will help pull you that team together. Um, so we'll help you put the interior designer, the architect, the structural engineers, if need be, or the listed building consultants. There's a myriad of, of consultants you'll need within a project. Um, and we can pull them together. We can get you competitive quotes for um, each of those services. And let's say we can, we can bring them in-house um, or you can appoint them directly. Um, we're, we're, we're happy with that. But I think the key is the earlier you get it started, the earlier we get involved, the easier it is. And we can sort of help you develop that brief uh, and put it to the right people in the right way. And in this world of collaboration that we we live in, when you are bringing in all these other experts, um, are they all entering into a contract? And I think this is a nuance that is really quite important. Are they all entering into a contract directly with the client, in which case the buck stops with the client? Or are they actually entering into contract with yourselves and you are fully responsible for everybody else does? We can work this either way. The If the client would like to have us deal with all of the consultants because they want to have one point of communication, then we can certainly go out, get quotes, share those quotes with the client, um, and then go into contract with, the, with uh, let's say, the mechanical electrical engineer. And we can then charge their fees as a disbursement and, um, and, and, and we, we manage the whole process for them. So it's, it, it, there's, there's no confusion there. If the client wants to... Um, if the client wants to run with it directly, wants to appoint the, the, the consultants directly, that's absolutely fine. Um, we can we can we can put them in touch with two or three different parties, or we can do the tender and then get them to appoint them uh, directly. That's that's not a problem. Um, so we've spoken about what services it is that that you offer. Um, what type of projects do you actually get involved in? So we do a, a, a full range of projects. Um, we work with industrial, office, and residential properties. Um, if we stick with residential for the moment, um, it really depends on, on the, the scope of the client's request. You know, if it's, if they just want a, let's say a, a kitchen design and put in, then we're not going to have full project management over that and nor would the client want to pay for it, but we can put them in touch with the right contractors and the right designers and so on. Um, and they can then probably run that them, themselves. Um, if it is a, if it's a full project, you know, a basement build or a lateral conversion or whatever it might be. Um, then absolutely we, we, we'd get involved in that and do a full, um, a full project management scope. And at what stage do you get involved in the project? Well, as early as possible. So um, I think we, as we, we mentioned previously, it, it's really about getting the information together and collated as early as possible within the, within the, um, within the project so that the client gets the brief across to the architect, across to their M&E engineers, their AV consultants and so on in the right format and then the contractor can then price that 
clearly and concisely so that it's itemized and and then the um and the client can see exactly what they're getting pound for pound and and how do you go about collating a team so the team really comes about with um us pulling upon the consultants that we use um on a day-to-day basis throughout the last 15 20 years we've built relationships with them so not each project is going to require each consultant um and not each ME consultant on it. each architect is going to work with every client directly. So it's about looking at the client, reading the client's brief and, and what the client wants as an end product, product um, and then taking that and, and trying to collate the right people, putting them in front of the client, making sure they work, and then obviously making sure the fees work to, 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 to around the circle, as it were. So there'll be a myriad of consultants beyond the architect needed to deliver a successful project. What are the, some of the essential ones that we need, more or less? I'd say you can need an MEP engineer, so that's mechanical, electrical, plant. They'll deal with your air conditioning. They'll deal with your electrics and so on. Um, you'll probably need uh, an AV consultant if you're looking at putting in cinema screens and so on. Um, you will need, on the construction side, you'll need a structural engineer. You might need a listed building consultant. Uh, you might need an acoustic engineer. Um, you know, in, in London, we have a, a lot of properties that are, right on top of each other. They might be on top of a tube line or a train line. Um, we did a project a little while ago and they were right on top of the, um, the Eurostar line. Um, so just looking at the acoustic glass that goes into the, um, the external fenestration uh, meant that we could, we could reduce the noise inter- in, in, internally quite considerably. So there's, there's lots and lots of different consultants that we, could, we, we bring on board. And we, we look at each project individually, look at what the client needs, and, and then we can, we can propose a, a team together. So really, the advantages of bringing on somebody who uh, comes from your position uh, early is that you can look at all the different considerations that might not be apparent further down the line, like you just mentioned with the glass, if you're on top of the Eurostar, you know, once you've built the property and you haven't actually done something about the, the noise pollution, then it becomes far more expensive to repair it. So this is this is why you advise that you know get us in early. Absolutely, and, that, and that's the nuances of that particular project. I mean, if you look at uh, a standard standard project, they're all different, aren't they? But if you look at a, a, a standard project, you can you think of the planning process that goes forward. You know, do do you need a historic building consultant? Do you need Grosvenor approval if you're in central London? Do you need a structural engineer on board? Um, yeah, there's all there's all sorts of people that you look at, and the earlier you get them involved, the earlier they get involved with the architect and the more seamless the design becomes. And like anything, it's all about the experience, right? The more experience your team have, the more things they know that they need to preempt for. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. And, and how do the contracts work? So you've got the, the client sits at the top, and then where do we go from there? Okay, so there's different ways of working it. Um, obviously, we're appointed directly with the clients. Normally, the architect is also appointed directly. And then the other consultants that, that sort of trickle down they can either be appointed by us, we can charge them back as disbursements, um, or they can be appointed directly with the client. It depends on the project and it depends on how the client wants to, to invoice. Um, the key is clarity and making sure that there's transparency between the service they're being offered and the fee they're being charged. As long as they can see a, a pathway there and they make sure that they, they, there's, there's clarity there, I think that's the way forward. So if somebody was to instruct you and say, I don't want to talk to anybody else, Gary, I just want to talk to you and I'm going to hold you responsible for everything. So when the mechanical engineer misdesigns a one-way system to a two-way system, which is an experience I hadn't learned from, but anyway, um, 
in that case, the architect said to me, we'll speak to the mechanical engineer yourself. I'm like, sorry, but what am I supposed to understand about this? So if somebody's holding you responsible and you're the only person that they speak to, when something goes wrong with the MEP guy, the buck stops with you. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it doesn't. It stops with the. It definitely stops with the. Um, it definitely stops with the with the engineer because the engineer is the designer. Yeah, the engineer will have his liability insurance and his one to go for. If there is a problem, yeah, and they do happen occasionally. They, these things happen. Yeah, then we will help you. We will hold your hand and we will make sure that you know you are working with that consultant to get the best out of it. Now the consultant's not going to want to get sued. Um, so, and normally we've got a, a good working relationship with, with consultants that we use. Um, so we try to get a workaround and we try to fix it and we try to make sure that everybody's happy and we get with the end products. That's... Right. Okay. So, so how the contracts work is that you'll, you'll be managing them, but actually ultimately each individual part of that kind of wheel is responsible for their own bit. Absolutely, yeah. You're on the, they're on, if they're, especially if they're doing design work, they're responsible for, for that survey or that design. Right. Uh, so just so that I can understand it, um, the way that contracts generally tend to work is that you have a project manager who then instructs all these subcontractors and manages them. But if something goes wrong, then it's not really the project manager's remit to be held responsible contractually. They're there to be the nice guy who holds your hand, who knows what they're doing. But actually the responsibility is with the individual contractors. It's with the individual consultants. So let's use m and as, as a good example. If you design um, an air conditioning system that doesn't provide cool air or doesn't provide enough fresh air, then that design sits with the MEP consultant and it's him who's liable for that. Now, obviously... With our experience, we'll be looking at designs, working with the consultants that we do use um, to make sure that they're delivering what they should be. And hopefully, within all of that, um, we don't get to that end problem where there's not enough cooling and so on and so on. We always like to over-engineer things a little bit to, to give ourselves a safety net. Okay. So if a client is looking to hold one man responsible for everything that goes wrong, then that's a completely different business. You can do that, but it would be a design and build contract. Um, that's something we can administer as well. So you tend to put the responsibility and the risk back onto the contractor. He then appoints the consultants and so on, but you pay a premium for that. Um, and then invariably, um, you end up taking on consultants to oversee the contractor's consultants to make sure that they're telling you the truth and so on. So if it's an m &E engineer, you do the validations first of all, and then they come and do their designs and our m &E engineer would come back and check their designs and check their calculations and do some validations at the end of the end, end of the project using m &E as, a, as an example. Right. Okay. And then when you're, when you're actually budgeting for, for, for a project, these are the ones you call the suits, right? Like all the, all the, all the, all the costs that are the actual raw material. And then there's the suits yeah. <laughs> and then there is the cost of money and so on when you, when you're budgeting for things. Okay. So um, what is uh, your management technique? We're very hands-on. So if I come and tender to you and you, you meet me and I talk you through the project, we like to see that you would get me all the way through the project until we're having a glass of champagne at the end and doing the handover. Um, if you get David, my colleague, or one of my other colleagues, we, again, we like to see that through. We do support each other, but we don't hand you down to a graduate. 
we're there, we're on the end of a mobile. If it's an evening or a weekend, you've got our number with a, with a person you call and then we deal with the projects from there, all the problems, if they arise. So we touched on the fact that you, you, you take on various projects, whether it's retail, commercial, residential, etc. But um, what would you say is your unique selling point as a firm? We are, we're a very niche firm. We've been around for 80 years. We are privately owned. So there are um, a team of, of equity partners that sits at the top of the business and they're very hands-on. They don't sit in their little cubicles. They all sit on an open plan floor with everybody else. Um, then there's um, the other salary partners that sit below us and we are very top heavy. So in that respect, you're always getting experience. You're always getting someone who has been in the business for a long time and knows what they're talking about. Brilliant. And uh, there's nothing like uh, deep-rooted relationships and experience to get uh, a project going on the right direction. And um, so to, to our listeners who might be considering um, a build work at the moment, what are the challenges you're experiencing in this market? They vary, to be honest with you. Um, at the moment, it's materials and labour. Um, you know, the world has gone bonkers pre post COVID. Um, and obviously the war in Russia is not helping things. Um, so it is, it's, it's, it's basically getting materials in and getting, getting guys on site. And are you finding that the people who are taking on these projects are actually, um, seasoned investors and long-term investors rather than newbies trying it out? It's a real mixture. You know, people, people have, have saved, if you know, if you're talking about Joe public, you've got people who have saved money over, uh, over COVID and therefore they've got money to spend. They don't want to go on holiday and therefore they're, they're, they're developing their houses and, and so on. So um, are you finding that post-COVID with the challenges that we're facing in, in, in the building work for materials and, and labour? Um, first of all, are you, are you seeing kind of somewhat of a standard uh, percentage increase in cost and delays in delivery? I think it depends on the contract you're using. Um, certainly there's materials price increases across the board um, and everyone's trying to eke out their little bit of profit. Obviously, inflation's gone through the roof at the moment. So we're working to that sort of trajectory of, of, of price increases. Um, in terms of delays on site, I think most contractors have seen this coming. They, they know what's, you know, they've, they've, had, they've faced problems with contracts they had on during COVID and they don't really want to be in that position again. So they're very wary about what they take on and, and how they can deliver it. Um, so it's about getting the right contractor in um, and getting the materials in early. One of the things that we do as a project manager is we manage risk. So having that risk register, looking at the long leading items, looking at the items that are going to take um, procurement is going to take a little bit longer because it's coming in from overseas or, you know, for the moment, air conditioning units are very, very difficult to get hold of. So we're looking at those items and figuring out how early can we order those? Can we order them before we go into contracts? We get a letter of intent in place and, and, and get them get them on order. So it's specific items that are causing problems and they just need to be managed through risk, really. And when you say it depends on what contractors you go with, I suppose certain contractors have warehouses where they're storing things or they have better relationships with suppliers. What are we looking at? Absolutely. The bigger contractors you use, they have, generally have better credit links um, and they obviously say they, they can get products to site quicker uh, and they can store them if they need, if need be. So it, whichever way you look at it, you're paying more money now. So unfortunately, so yes, basically, <laughs> you know, your, your, your materials are costing what percentage more, would you say? 
It really depends on the product, but somewhere I'd say between 10, 10 15, 20% in certain circumstances. Okay, so if you, if you put 20% increase in your, in your cost for materials, you're, you're pretty safe in doing your numbering? At the moment, yes. But, At the you moment know, being you, the key was, word. <laughs> and uh, what about delayed, you know, because a, a successful project is on time, on budget, right? So what about on time? How, how would you say that's being affected? Or is that how long is a piece of string at the moment? I think it comes back to that preparation start at the, at the, at the very beginning. If you, can, um, if you can get all of the information you need in place, if you're not sort of getting to site and still sort of running with designs, um, then you've got more of a chance of procuring the right items at the right time. And you, you know, you've got less risk to your, less risk to your program. Let's say, for example, it's, um, you can order a kitchen at £100,000, but you don't know where you're going to get it from. You've got to manage the program to make sure that you hit that at the critical path and, and you're ordering it at the right time. If you leave it too late, then I guess you're going you're, you're to miss your program. So it is really quite challenging if, if, if you know, all of those things need to be planned in advance. And then on top of it, securing the real estate, you've got to be really fast. Absolutely. Securing the real estate is a big problem at the moment. Right. You can probably so secu- more about that than me. So, so securing the real estate, you've got to be really fast to beat the competition, but then your competition may or may not be prepared in knowing the time delay. So I would say that the advice to the listeners would probably be budget for time delay. You're always going to allow for a contingency. I think with any project, we would always say to have, to have a 10% contingency in terms of funds. Um it's that triangle that we always talk about, it? time, cost and quality. Um, something's going to have to give if you're not prepared. If you don't, if you don't get into the project prepared, you're going to risk one of, those, one of those items. And before we say thank you and goodbye, um, what is your advice to uh, managing a client's expectations on day one? I think you've just got to be clear and concise and transparency. You know, if, you, if, you've, if you tell a client that here's the risks um, and they understand them, then... I think you've got to build a good relationship. If you try to, excuse my French, use BS um, to get the job, then you're not going to win any favours or any friends. Thank you very much, uh, Gary. And uh, no doubt our listeners will have uh, questions that they can direct to you through our experts directory. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure speaking to Gary. And if you have any questions, then please head over to our experts directory where you can find him and you can ask him your questions directly. And if you're not already following us, please follow us or subscribe on our usual social media platforms. We do release a Masterclass podcast every Friday. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.